0: This is The After Party, live with Kim McAllister and John Daly. Woo. The time change kind of knocks me out of whack. How about you?
1: Yeah, uh, It did, although I will tell you, thanks to you, I got an excellent night of sleep. No, what? we're not sleeping together. <laughs> what? So John and I will sometimes, because first I usually, if I'm filling in for Nikki, I'll prepare the Nikki show. And then I'll usually start helping to prepare the Mark Thompson show. and. You know, create the show and make the the little picture and the what whatnot, and then the last thing I do is the after party live, and that's where we kind of text back and forth about certain stories we found and things, and and so we're talking back and forth, which we do a lot at about I want to say midnight one a.m., sometimes even later, and so last night at one thirty, you're like, "Okay, I'm out, I'm going to bed," and we were done with everything, and I thought, oh he's going to bed well if he's going to bed i'll go to bed because i could use some extra sleep like a normal human being like a normal human being so you're like i'm going i'm out you're very like i'm setting this boundary i'm off to bed and i thought okay well then i am too and i got like seven hours of uninterrupted sleep last night it was
0: i love that how that's like an anomaly for me for you for me that would be (laughs) shorting myself on sleep and i would be a wreck
1: (laughs) i'm like woohoo i'm feeling great Thank you for joining us on The After Party Live. That over there is John Daly. You can reach him at john at theafterparty.live. I'm Kim Kim McAllister, and I've got an email address too. And you'll be surprised to know that it's kim at theafterparty.live. Thank you for spending this last hour with us on our trio of shows. The um, like button is something you can click to help us out, and the subscribe button as well. So these are... And we want to
0: thank... um, We want to thank John Woodsard. Uh, oh, because in for a Super he, Sticker. Like,
1: right at the end of the show, like right when we went away, his t- contribution came through and it was too late to thank him.
0: Yeah, he gave us ten dollars. So thank you, John. Yeah. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you for that. That's really nice. Um, and by the way, the super stickers are open here on YouTube. We also have a, a PayPal account. You can find that information in the show description. So if you're so right. inclined, we are a crowdfunded show. Having said that, let's move into the stories because one of the things we've been following on the show is cruise and the robo taxis in San Francisco. N- not it's not just because my friend John Daly over here has almost been taken out by a cruise mobile. No. But it's just everything happening in San Francisco. Now you've meep, ridden meep, in meep, there meep, it is. Meep. You've ridden in ridden in them right yes. more than once and you've had to stop in a crosswalk because you had a little bit of a Ooh, is it going to stop kind of moment
0: yeah um that's not necessarily like the the worst of it um when they're in the when you're crossing the crosswalk they i mean they're these are san francisco city blocks so you know there's a stop sign on every corner so they're never really going faster than 25 miles per hour so they might start up and then you have to like dodge them but the mm-hmm. more egregious things are like say running on top of somebody and dragging them 20, 20 feet like that poor woman who was involved in that, oh, that car yeah, accident yeah um but th- there's a lot of weirdness and at first i was kind of, i realized i was kind of forgiving it and giving them the benefit of the doubt but they'll do things like they'll go into a, an intersection on a green light uh there's no one approaching from any other direction and they'll just hang out in the middle of the intersection that, that's and not safe behavior that's one maybe- example
1: we made allowances because we thought, OK, well, they're still beta testing it. You know, they're working out all the kinks yeah. and uh, there's nobody driving the vehicle. So it's all about the system. Right. And reporting. Things yeah. And that there'll be so like sudden jerks.
0: Like it'll just jerk all yeah. of a sudden. It'll slam on the brakes. Um, it well, almost hit somebody coming out. Um, you know, and I'm thinking if it's if it's designed to detect people, why is it waiting till the last second to slam on the brakes to avoid uh, hitting a person? So a lot of that now in hindsight, right? Uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. I'm realizing a lot of these things weren't really, I don't know, they weren't really happening the way, the way they should have. And I noticed it took a while for me to realize that every once in a while the car would kind of disable, and you know you don't realize this because you think it's fully automated, and the the blinkers would go on, and then all of a sudden the screen would say, "Standby. We'll be back. You will get back to your ride in a moment." and now what we're finding out from this article um it's in sf but they're referring to new york times reporting that apparently the dri- the cars are not as automated as we thought
1: it's crazy every 2.5 to 5 miles there's some driver remotely assisting a cruise vehicle yeah that's not autonomous
0: no so it's like semi-autonomous uh the other weird thing is and they mentioned in this article is that they have a huge number of um employees did you see what the ratio was? It's not, I think it's like 1.4 people something like or something like 1.4 people for every car. Something like that. Weird. Um so they At that have point all why don't you just these have a people driver in the standby. car then? Well, cuz they're trying to get make this technology work. Yeah. Right. Um, but so it, they're kind of rev- uh, the cracks are showing obviously. Um, they try to push this th- through quickly. They got Willie Brown on board. To allegedly uh, grease the wheels and now we're seeing the reality of the situation is that the technology is not as good as they thought and the technology is not ready as we as evidenced by our reporting,
1: the CEO says that the safety concerns are sensationalized. That when we talk about safety concerns, which you've witnessed firsthand, you're sensationalizing that, and I don't think you are. No. I think you're telling people what you're. According seeing to out the
0: there. New York Times, Cruise's operations staff is huge, employing 1.5 workers per vehicle in San Francisco as of October 24th.
1: No, oh. um, and it's getting
0: expensive for GM, which owns Cruise. They uh, said on their October Octurn- Oc- uh, this is their October earnings call that they lost about 1.9 billion dollars on wow. Cruise between January and September.
1: Well the CEO says autonomous cars are being unfairly subjected to a double standard when it comes to safe driving. Because no, we expect more You're from trying to unleash you... a new
0: technology and we're yeah. rightfully concerned about the well-being of human beings.
1: Yeah. Sorry. And if, you, if you tell us <laughs> what you have told us that autonomous vehicles are safer, that they don't you know there's no human error involved, that we're, you know, we're going to put these vehicles on the street and we're not gonna have, you know, maybe like a fraction of the traffic deaths we have now. And then you turn around and it doesn't happen that way. And it's not necessarily. Well, that's when everything
0: works well, right? But as we've seen, it doesn't always work well. So you're not going to have the optimal driving conditions. This is why you have to take a test at the DMV. You have to know what to do. In those outlying situations right
1: i just think it's funny that we think we call them robo taxis and we think they're so automated and the ai is running everything and really there's people that every two oh, they're, miles yeah. they're, they're like what? stuck yeah because yeah. yeah. the
0: technology is not ready but they yeah. want it to be you know they want to pull people
1: out anyway. how about we go to some animal news because i okay. need a little bit of uplifting animal news there was a a possum an opossum Oh, 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 possum that ran right out onto the field during a yeah, Texas buddy. Tech football game. He didn't care. He's like, listen, I got places to go, people to see, and I don't care if you're playing a football game. I'm in. Do it, yeah, it I, video was, I was going to get us the
0: video, but then I realized oh. uh, it's football and yeah. we can't run football.
1: <laughs> so this possum runs right onto the football field during the first quarter of Texas Tech versus Texas Christian University in Lubbock, Texas. It was a
0: sign from the Lord. It was. He's not a word happy the from with the Lord. Score.
1: He is not happy. They had to chase it. Uh, using an animal catch pole, he struggled to be removed from the field. But once they got him off the field, he calmed down, turned him over to animal control services. But quite a moment as everyone's like, "What is that on the field? Is that a dog? Is that a? Right. It looks like a like giant a s- rat. Oh, that's rat. a opossum. Super Maybe rat. in Texas they didn't. They looked that they didn't have a problem knowing it was an opossum. New mascot? No. <laughs> no, not the mascot. But I'd rather have this happen, though, than when otters attack, because this is not the first time this has happened. Yeah, this and otter you attack.
0: Know, this is what you think of Aww. when you think of otters, right? Cute. When you go to Monterey, yeah. you go to Monterey right. Bay Aquarium, you see the otters are like, oh, they're so sweet. Yeah. And then there's like more of them, right? <laughs> A little nefarious, right? But then it turns out the reality is the scene might look more like this. <sighs> Or this. Or this. A swimmer said he feared for his life after he was attacked by otters in a scenic Northern California lake, leaving him with about 40 40 puncture wounds. Dang. Matt Leffers said he was bitten at least 12 times while swimming at the Serene Lakes in Placer County, about 90 miles northeast of Sacramento. You know where that is. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, He told NBC News' affiliate KCRA3 in an interview on Thursday, two months after the attack, that he had been swimming in the lake where his family has a cabin for 30 years. Uh, But he he had never experienced anything like this. He felt something bite his calf and then suffered another bite within seconds. Uh, And then I started swimming faster, but there was the otter popping up right in front of me, and then I was bit again. These things were so aggressive that I felt like they wanted to kill me. It's by far the most terrifying experience I've ever had in my life. Nothing even comes close. (laughs) Can you even imagine? No, his wife had to rescue him (laughs) on a paddle boat before taking him to the hospital. Pictures of the hospital that the hospital shared showed his leg badly cut and covered in blood. Months later, the scars remain. Uh, NBC3 spoke with the California Department of uh, Fish and Wildlife, which confirmed that an otter attack took place in July, uh, prompting uh, a call for greater action. Um, I think the fact that I'm the second person attacked here this summer, that's a big red flag, Leffer said. A spokesperson yeah. for um, Fish and Wildlife says that the otters had also attacked dogs in the Reading area. Uh, he stressed that while other otters' um, attacks are very rare, they are a predator species. And that it's a very, yeah. they're very good at swimming, and they have very sharp teeth, as we can see from these photos.
1: One of the first stories. My sister, for a time, was a television reporter, and she started her career at KCR. no, not KCR. KRCR in Reading. Okay. And her first story she was sent to was a little girl, like a twelve-year-old girl, at a birthday party at a some type of lake in Reading, was swimming in the lake and was attacked by an otter, and the same thing, bitten over and over again, repeatedly, covered with these otter bites what the animal experts say is often it's a mother otter protecting her young. So Mm -hmm. you have somehow happened upon a mother, you know, protecting her young in this situation, and they will bite you until you leave the area. Right. Not realizing. it takes a village. (laughs) What, to to raise the otter baby? No, a
0: village of otters to chase off the human.
1: Man, but I'll tell you, that would be really scary. If you're in the water and you're being attacked like that and you can't get away and they keep coming after you, it's like a horror movie.
0: Man. Otter attacks are not unheard of in America. In September, a rabid otter bit a man and dog in Florida. But we're used to that, right? And then three women were injured in August when an otter attacked them as they floated on a Montana river. And in July, California officials reported that a five-year-old sea otter was aggressively approaching people and biting surfboards near Santa Cruz. Uh, They had planned to capture the creature and place it in a zoo or aquarium. That's, uh, I don't know. I feel bad for these creatures. It's like we're in their house and all of a sudden we're like, you know what? You're freaking out just because we like came running into your house in the middle of the night (laughs) and and you were aggressive. Now we're going to put you in prison.
1: Right. As many people in the chat have said, yeah, they're very territorial animals. Yeah. Uh, Another animal story that came to our attention last night was this wolf dog your wolf doggy dog was very creative, um, <laughs> but it's now been found.
0: Yeah. So I don't know if uh, you heard
1: this. This yeah, wolf dog, wolf hybrid. People have these morning. as pets. There he was running down Highway 12 in Sebastopol, and he was captured, this wolf dog, and reunited with his family, his owners. The name is Shadow. He's a two-year-old wolf hybrid that ran away from home in Santa Rosa over the weekend, captured and reunited with his owner this morning after they'd searched for days. The North Bay Animal Services said reports of this wolf dog, which is twice the size of a husky, started coming in Sunday afternoon. And people were concerned. Like, you know, Small pets, animals, what have you, that uh, this wolf dog, because I think people don't know what to think when they see one of these animals, right? Yeah, um, and I actually up...
0: had, you know, I had done some research a few years ago. I was staying up at my family's cabin up the Russian River mm-hmm. in the fall of 2019, and I saw what was definitely not a coyote in the woods up above the Calvin it looked like like a dire wolf like from you know from tv it looked like it was a real
1: wolf yeah i
0: think it was because and i I asked my friends they're like no no we don't have those and then you know i did some google research and apparently there are a few stragglers and now we're knowing we're finding out that there are a few packs of these um Wolves, But I know I wasn't I wasn't taking any substances. I wasn't high. There was definitely more. And I know coyotes. We have coyotes here and we have another story coming up next on coyotes in San Francisco. So I've seen coyotes. It was yeah. definitely not a coyote. They're much bigger. They have that dog like snout, the big tail sticking down. So
1: here's the problem with this wolf dog. You see a lot of them. We used to have a Siberian Husky. And so we had all these um rescue Siberian Husky rescue groups that, that were always trying to message us and email us. And we saw a lot of these wolf dog hybrids up for adoption. The problem is it's not like a normal animal. They will dig to escape. They get out. They tell so it you it is like you- a normal
0: animal. You mean well, no. They tell animal. you
1: if you have a small child or if you have smaller pets that you shouldn't have a wolf dog hybrid because right. they see a smaller animal moving and the prey drive just kicks in. That's what
0: I mean. They're a wild animal.
1: Well, partially, but and the, and as they get older, they get more aggressive. But right, Because they so, have enough
0: DNA that is wild.
1: Right. And so that you're you. It's while you can have one you're not supposed to have one, right? There are places you can get them and adopt them. But if the state catches you with one, they will often euthanize the animal. So it's interesting that in Sonoma County, they gave this animal back to the owners because I don't know if it's legal to have them. But this wolf hybrid has been reunited with its Santa Rosa owners. And so now Shadow is back home, which is great. But I mean, you know, I they I hope they're careful. We were looking last night, you and I, at this wolf uh, dog website, and they kind of go through all the reasons that you should not have. There are advocates for them, but right. part of their advocacy is they don't want you to have one because they know the that issues. Unless you're you know you've got. Concrete down below the ground so they can't dig their way out. You've got to have a half acre for them to roam in a, a caged area. Like, this is a real undertaking. You don't just get a wolf dog and everything's going to be all right. You have to really work at making sure that they have the habitat and all the things they need to survive.
0: Yeah. And right now on the screen, uh, we're looking at a diagram showing the difference between a gray wolf and a coyote. And you mm-hmm. can tell, like, the the, the the coyote looks like, you know, it's looking for a meal, right? whereas the great wolf looks like it's had few meals and it definitely looked like the one on the left and it was big it was darker gray it had the more rounded ears the smaller ears and that big tail that's never wagging it's never like curled it's never up like a dog it's always Mm -hmm. down um and it it was a big boy it was tall you can see it says two and a half feet tall that's that was about right whereas coyotes we see them in all the parks here in the city and when they see you they're mostly shy they'll run away they'll look at you and then they'll run away Usually, you could you scare even, them off.
1: You can even see it. You know, some people have a, a Siberian husky that looks a little, you know, the snout is a little longer, the eyes are a little yellower. That you can kind of tell if it's a wolf dog versus just yeah. a dog, right? Yeah. Anyway, so the wolf oh, so, dog reunited with its family, the crisis averted. And now.
0: speaking of those coyotes, uh, here's one in the city. A San Francisco oh. resident woke up to an unusual sight last week a coyote is sleeping, curled up, and basking in the sun on yeah. the resident's outdoor couch.
1: Hey, Concer- I, I that looks like a pretty comfy place. I might do the same thing.
0: Concerned that the animal might be sick or injured, the person called Animal Control. sent They sent an officer to the scene. The resident took, a, uh, took the officer to the backyard where the coyote was comfortably resting, the officer wrote in a social media post. Yeah. I approached the coyote and started talking to him, telling him that it was time to get up. Time to get up, dude. <laughs> You got to go uh, adding that coyotes are one of my favorite species of San Francisco urban wildlife. He looked up at me, got up, took a big stretch and made his way to the edge of the yard. So apparently he had been kind of walking around the entire yard. Uh, He did not appear injured or sick. He hopped over the yard's wall and made his way through the brush back into the woodland next to the home. But I mean, if you live right next to woods, then you know, you've got to expect
1: that. And don't let your little dog play in the backyard by itself because the coyotes are around. You need to know it. Yeah. Mm. Um, Okay, this next story is, I mean, it's concerning if you're a man of, you know, trying to maybe make sure that your swimmers work because you're trying to have a baby. Or if you're
0: a woman and you have a husband and you're trying to get pregnant, uh, (laughs) male sperm sperm count has fallen uh, by more than 50% globally in the last 50 years, leaving researchers scrambling to understand why. Could it be pollution, uh, PFAs, uh, other potential toxins in our food and water, an increase in obesity and chronic disease? or even the ever-present mobile phone. A new study from you-know-who explored the role of cell phones and found that men between the ages of 18 and 22 who said they used their phones more than 20 times a day had a 21% higher risk of a low overall sperm count. The men also had a 30% higher risk uh, for a low sperm concentration, a less important measure of sperm count in a millimeter of semen the uh hope we didn't just get demonetized the study did not <laughs> specify whether the men called or texted or used their phones to do both Uh-oh. on uh the, on a positive side on the positive side researchers found that a phone phone technology improved over the last 13 years of the study the impact on sperm began to ease so maybe hmm. you know the the radios are getting a little less uh, harmful
1: well also pe- a lot of men put their phone right in their pocket or they are have it hanging off their belt near, near their yeah because you know, i mean if, their, if you think about it most parts, of us are not most parts.
0: of us are not carrying around a man purse so it's like where are we supposed to put it
1: right, right? so you put it in your pocket or you hang it on you're your going to hold it in
0: your hand the whole day and then hopefully the cruise won't and that's right near the boys knock it right? out of your hand right
1: it's right near the boys and that's not yeah. where you want it to be right near the boys i get nervous when i see my daughter putting her phone in her front pocket all the time yeah. i'm like no get that thing away from your ovaries if you ever you know i don't want you to have trouble having but a baby but that's difficult like I, I mean
0: i i walk around i mean pants mm. and uh shirt i you know i like to be do clothed you, not everybody <laughs> here in the congratulations city is, <laughs> not everybody here in the city is wearing pants uh but where else are we supposed to put it so do we put it in uh do we put it in like um uh, airplane uh, airplane mode and then put it in our pocket or what do we do hold hold it and wait for the crazy person to try to steal it uh yeah so this uh the study, they said, I they're intrigued by the observation that the biggest effect was apparently seen with older 2G and 3G phones. So those are the the way outdated phones that are mostly gone, right? Compared to the modern mm-hmm. 4G and 5G versions, uh, they're not able to explain it. It must have something to do with the radio technology, obviously, because that's the primary difference between those phones. Right. Um, you know, the newer radio technology. But uh, so there's another plus. There was no decline in the shape or motility which refers to the way that they swim towards their destination. Whilst uh sperm numbers matter, the ability of sperm to swim, have healthy intact DNA and be the right shape is least uh, is at least as important according to these experts. So, this is fascinating another thing to think about while you're on your phone.
1: Great. That's what we need. Um something good though. Some toxins being taken out of the world that won't affect us anymore. Although we, maybe we some of us people are has- or- Chemical. No, chemicals, toxic chemicals. This is the FDA proposing a ban on a harmful ingredient. They say potentially harmful. I'm just going to call it harmful. Yeah, it's brominated vegetable oil, and it's found mm. in some sodas, mostly Mountain Dew, but also some orange sodas as well. Brominated vegetable oil is mo- vegetable oil modified by bromine, which is a pungent, mm. deep, deep Like grandma red used to make a pungent deep red oily chemical used as an emulsifier in citrus flavored beverages to keep mm. the flavoring from separating and floating to the top. Bl- bromine, by the way, is also commonly used in flame retardants. And we're drinking this in Mountain Yummy. Dew and orange soda and whatever else. Fresca. Dozens, is that another one? Yeah, Dozens Karen Reed
0: worked at KJO and I. We, she was obsessed with Fresca and she got me into it. She was my dealer.
1: But and is uh, that, is it, I don't know if that's in Fresca.
0: Uh, that, but it, you, that chemical, yeah, it is, brom- is brominated it vegetable oil, because that's the dozens, first time I saw it. I was looking at the ingredients. I'm like, what is that?
1: Dozens of products, mostly sodas, use brominated vegetable oil as an ingredient. Uh, the low number of products containing this ingredient, due to past restrictions by the FDA, they say that... Intended use of BVO in food is no longer considered safe after the results of studies conducted in collaboration with the National Institutes of Health found the potential for adverse health effects in humans. That according to the FDA. This, te- was, this step is being taken on a federal level because of California. California banned a brominated vegetable oil or BVO in October by passing the California Food Safety Act. It's the first state law in the United States to ban brominated vegetable oil. It's already, by the way, been banned in Europe and Japan. So welcome to the party, United States. You're letting people drink the chemical used in fire retardant. Really? And yeah. we have a federal safety guidelines and that was allowed? How? Brominated vegetable oil has been linked to health hazards, including nervous system damage, headaches, skin and mucous membrane irritation, fatigue, loss of muscle coordination and memory. It can also accumulate in the body over time. I mean, wow. One uh, harm, one, uh, some research found its toxic effects on the thyroid gland which produces hormones critical for the regulation of blood pressure, heart rate, body temperature, and metabolism. So it's a goner. They're proposing this ban on BVOs, and I sincerely hope it's successful. Goodbye.
0: Yeah, let's see here. Ren is uh, asking, oh, no, what about squirt? I don't drink it, but I do like it. Um, Mm. I think we have to do an investigation. You said it was banned in California, right?
1: It's banned in California that happened this month. And I don't know when it kicks into effect for sure. So we don't know when
0: when it's kicking in?
1: So here's some of the products that it looks like. Um, HEB Orange Burst Pure Cane Sugar Soda. Mountain Dew. Food Lion Diet Soda. Everything that would get
0: your kids hyperactive, basically.
1: Giant Diet Orange Soda. A lot of off-brand, like a a grocery store that makes their own off-brand. Refresh Soda Diet Grapefruit jamaican ginger beer ginger beer genuine jamaican soda pineapple mountain dew all the mountain dews are affected by this there's a couple of orange sodas as well so yeah if it's a citrusy tasting soda double check it look at the label and yeah. if it's got that bvo no
0: so like wes is saying it's um this is the fda is that's in the news right but it also i'm reading here that in last month uh gavin newsom approved the law banning ban- banning the manufacturer and um uh, in california California. and sail in california so it looks like the fda is getting on board here
1: that's right that uh, then it's interesting that when as they say what as california so goes the nation that the fda finally takes the step after california takes it first
0: people who care about like breathing oxygen that's not shouldn't have taken that long Mm -mm. people who want to drink clean water those libs yeah um speaking of liberals maybe you're very liberal and you don't want to work Maybe you just want to. Me? You, we all <laughs> no, know that's they, not true. <laughs> no, not you. Look at these happy, happy Californians. Uh, uh, oh. Over 75% of US workers say they could complete the same amount of work in four days rather than five. That's what we're talking about. As yeah. younger generations, particularly Gen Z and millennials, are aging um, they're and making up more of the workforce, uh, workplace expectations from employees are shifting. One such shift is the increase in demands for a four work day workday or work week, rather. Among U.S. workers, over 75% say they could complete their current workload in a four-day work week. I think it's because a lot of coworkers just don't do a lot, right? <laughs> I think that's why they can get away with it in four days. According to a recent report from Fiverr, millennials who make up around 35% of the workforce were the most passionate about the four-day work week. I'm sure they were, with 87% agreeing. Agreeing, uh, Fiverr is an online job marketplace for freelancers, and they conducted the survey over a thousand uh, global workers in August, outlining changes in generational divides in workplace trends. So Mm. uh, the survey also showed that while overall, younger generations of workers are demanding more flexibility with their schedules, they prefer in-person interactions over remote work.
1: Okay, Um, so scroll back in in John Daly history. We're going back to KGO and all the work that you did and all the hours that it took you, could you have slammed it all in into a four-day work week and then had yourself a three-day weekend every weekend? Or would you have wanted to even?
0: I couldn't because I was doing the job of three or four people.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Remember those days? That, that was fun.
0: Well, first I started out <laughs> doing the job of like three people or two people. Then it was like three people. Then they fired a bunch of people. Then it was like four people. Oh. Then it was like there was a period of time where I was the only producer for the entire lineup at KGO yeah. for a couple of days. And that's I when I almost walked out the door.
1: I would say I could do it, but I my job is such that I couldn't. because It depends news, on the nature
0: of your job, right? Yeah, if you, if I, you go is, in is and you have a very day. casual job yeah, where I you have just to, have to get certain tasks. Done. I know people date. who get their work done in the first 30 minutes of their day. Right. And the rest of the day is just like schmoozing and like finding excuses, like yeah. attending conferences and doing BS. Whereas when yeah. you work in media production, like if you don't do your job, a show doesn't happen, right? right. There's a certain amount of yeah. grind and a lot of managers don't appreciate that so say you have like a morning show that's four hours long and then you're also producing mark thompson's show which is two hours long and you're on air contributing and you're helping out with pat thurston and you're feeding information to john rothman and his producer like that's a lot of work and if you you can't just take that away and say i'm only going to work four days a week so it depends on the type of job
1: and and all that information has to be current and based on certain days and what's happening on that day but if i had a job like maybe a tech job or something where i could work harder i used to before radio and when i was in school i had a job in an emergency room i think i've mentioned that before right and we had schedules there were 12 hour shifts and so you would work i don't know three fours one week three or three 12 hour shifts one week three 12 hour shifts another and then one day a week you would work four 12 hour shifts and you could put all these 12 hour shifts together so that you would get almost more than a week off of days that you didn't have to go in but you and i exhausted
0: all the time right
1: uh, well, when you're While younger, you're oh. it's, you know, it, it worked out for me. It was lovely. I loved working. I mean, if you have a job where you can get all the work done and out of the way and then get a longer span of time off, it can be good for your mental Well, health. and if
0: you have a reasonable amount of, of, of a workload. Right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: So it really depends on your situation. But thank you for um, letting me um, lay down on the therapy couch there for a second. I yeah, I'd probably welcome. spend <laughs> that fifth day in therapy. I think that's what I would do. Four days work. Uh, fifth day like spa slash therapy day
1: i would totally do it if i could do it and i could slam all my work into into four days and have that fifth day off i totally would do it yeah. okay so i have a couple of halloween stories for you are you ready yes post halloween stories one of them you know after halloween you kind of looking through the kids halloween trick-or-treat basket
0: you mean stealing candy from your kids what,
1: oh really seeing what's in there yeah
0: finding your favorites
1: don't judge me. I'm not judging this you. Year, this Just year the truth teller. I'm the truth teller, Kim. <laughs> this year, some people found some interesting, let's call them re-gifts in the Halloween basket. Apparently, Wait, what one dad in Alameda noticed that There were recycled sauce packets. Somebody had collected like ketchup, mustard, hot sauce, whatnot, and given sauce packets out as Halloween. These are the freebies you get from fast food restaurants. There were about a dozen rectangular packets from McDonald's and other shops in the treat basket. He said my three kids and four close friends went trick-or-treating, and many single-serving sauce packets were recycled as treats. Let it not be said that Alameda people don't have a great sense of humor. Another person said, "Score on the sriracha." Uh, one son, one person said, my son came home with a packet of Southwest Airlines pretzels. <laughs> Can't really complain; he still's got eight pounds of candy it's called trick-or-treat for a reason better late than candy laced with ecstasy someone said
0: so you're saying those are the tricks
1: yeah i guess so i don't know what do you think about re-gifting in the halloween basket that's a house that got egged for certain probably
0: that's what eric says uh yeah i just don't think it's smart it's kind of like not tipping mm-hmm. <laughs> you're on a hit list now uh, with Your pumpkin all is ending the up in the, street. In the neighborhood, mm-hmm. right? You already had yeah. a chance of getting teepeed or egged, and now you've put yourself on the on the uh, the, the the kids' uh, terrorism list. I don't know. I I wouldn't do Remember that. That
1: grape jam they put for the in cost there? of
0: candy when you can get like a big bag at Costco Poison and be done sauce? with it.
1: Come on, you guys. That's not a treat. You know. Yeah. No. I Did think you get that's a lot of trick or treaters? I went somewhere else. So we had the porch light off. So
0: that you didn't have to give out candy? No,
1: I actually took my, actually so took my bag to of candy and, and I dumped it candy? into the... No, 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 no. Okay, one more Halloween story before we go to break. And this is a story about an Antioch teacher. Hmm, questionable decision making on this one. This teacher is now on administrative leave because of the Halloween costume. This is at Sutter Elementary School in Antioch. And she painted her face dark to resemble nighttime, right? She wasn't trying to be a person of color. She was trying to be nighttime. She had a big green moon above her head. She had um, a Scooby-Doo mystery machine around her midsection. So she was supposed to be the mystery machine at night with the green moon ahead, uh, over her head, right? Her intent wasn't to be a black person. Or wear blackface her intent was to be knight but when you're painting your face black do you look in the mirror and go hmm this might not be a wise idea no While the costume was offensive to some people at least one school board member said yeah No, there's cause for concern here. The quote from the school board is that we know there's a long cultural historical background to people putting dark makeup on. There's a lot of context there we know is harmful to particular students of color and very particular to the black community. And so regardless of what the intention was, we know what kind of feelings that image can provoke in parents, students and in the community. It's not an inclusive part of an inclusive environment. So she's if, on administrative leave.
0: If you have to explain why your costume's not racist, next no. pick
1: something
0: Sometimes else. Sometimes
1: I do believe, and I believe this because it happened to me. Uh, although I was smart enough to realize it, I do believe people can make mistakes in the moment. I was putting on a school play, and we were doing Moana, and I had to, oh, you know, no. those the coconut guys, the 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 coconut angry coconut guys that are chasing after the boats. Well, we had angry coconut guys. And so I was painting masks that looked they were like brown, like coconuts with white stripes on them. And I looked at it after I finished painting them. And I thought, I can't put these masks on children. It looks like something racist. Like I'm putting brown masks on white kids.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And I thought, okay, I need another opinion. So I took the mask with me to KGO and... I put it in the newsroom and I said, and I didn't tell them what it was. And I said, do you think that mask is racist? Overwhelmingly, everyone said, yes, it is. Now, my intent was to paint a coconut, right? My intent was not to do something racist. So I threw it in the garbage and I didn't use those masks. I had to go find something else. But I can see how you could make a mistake in the moment and not realize that Oh, you didn't look at it from that perspective and go, hmm, wait a well, minute. It might
0: not necessarily be racist, but maybe culturally insensitive.
1: You didn't think of it. You thought yeah. it was one thing. She thought it was the night sky. But like we talked
0: about the other day the intent yeah. is not really the issue. If you dress up as a Native American, you didn't intend for it to be bad, but it offended right. people. Your intent's not really relevant at that point.
1: Yeah. So uh, Antioch teacher now is on administrative leave because of this poorly, poorly well, if thought you're a teacher, out Halloween costume. I, if that was my my, my kid's known.
0: teacher, I'm like, dude, you do not have the judgment that I want you uh, helping to instill into my child. Um, something else t- that's really we're cool. Gonna
1: take, we're going to take a break. Let's take a that's
0: break. something else that's really cool. Is taking a break. <laughs>
1: it's this only a twenty-seven time, seconder. It's not this a real break. The one break. time
0: where Kim's yeah. like, "John, you're behind. Let's take a break."
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll do some entertainment news, and we have some uh, some other really interesting stories. Um, Barbenheimer, the movie, is a real thing, and it's coming out, and we'll tell you about that. Um, also, we'll talk a little bit about pleasure. Mm. Mm, what and does I have that a shipwreck mean? story. Oh, a shipwreck story, too. Yarr. It's all straight ahead on the After Party Live.
0: The After Party Live is underwritten by our audience, and without you, this show wouldn't be possible. If you can contribute 10 15 or $20 a month, it would keep this party a rockin'. The PayPal link can be found in the About section of the YouTube channel or at the bottom of the show description. Any dollar amount is appreciated, and it all adds up. On behalf of Kim and myself, thank you for your consideration. Aloha,
1: bitches. It's the After Party Live. That's our little break. We want to thank our ongoing contributors, Ricky F., Kim N., Lori F., karen k michael a douglas k and jim s you guys are so appreciated thank you for helping to keep this little show rolling those automatic paypal
0: amounts every month are what's making this work so thank you we don't like to talk about money and we don't want to run ads constantly you know most radio shows have 15 minutes worth of ads so you can imagine like that's how they're financed so we hope that. you appreciate that. And uh, we, everybody who's contributed, we appreciate you.
1: Yeah. And thank you for uh, the super stickers from Wes, who jumped in with a $5 super sticker. You so totally rock, sir. And uh, anyone else who's contributing to the show, thank you. And thanks for spending your time with us. While we're all here, please click that thumbs up button. Uh, See, we have more people uh, watching the show right now. So thumbs up and subscribe it uh, if you can. That is a free way to help us as well. All right. We're going to jump right back in because I guess we're getting what? Barbenheimer is coming because it was Barbie and Oppenheimer that opening weekend. And we called it Barbenheimer. But now they're really making a Barbenheimer.
0: Yeah, um, hold on. I gotta move on. Uh, We're skipping around here. Barbenheimer uh, blew up at the box office, and uh, this is now the uh, follow-up. Sorry, the fallout. Someone is actually making a movie called Barbenheimer. Uh, Per the Hollywood Reporter, the Barbie and Oppenheimer double feature phenomenon has inspired an upcoming comedy about a doll scientist who builds an atomic bomb to take out humanity. Uh, D cup, a bomb. A poster tagline teases. That's right, D cup, Mm. a bomb. The movie is called Barbenheimer, and yes, it's real. In fact, it went up for sale this uh, year at the American film market. While the cast is yet to be announced, the plot reportedly follows Dr. Barbie J. Barbenheimer, a scientist <laughs> doll from Dolltopia who has a boyfriend no. named a boyfriend named Twink Dollman. After venturing into the real world, Dr. Barbenheimer decides to take nuclear, nuclear revenge over the way that human children treat no. dolls. Mm-hmm. there will also be at least a couple songs though we're not sure anything can top i'm just ken uh, charles band <laughs> a b-movie veteran who pumps out low budget titles with his company full moon features is producing this shameless ca- cash grab and hey we're allowed to describe barbenheimer that way after all band himself admitted to the hollywood reporter that it is 100 percent an attempt to capitalize on the success of wow. greta gerwig and christopher nolan's same day releases but it's also an opportunity to have fun with the bizarre coupling of these two movies and the combination of Barbie's vibe and the darkness of Oppenheimer. How, did, how do you Does like put Does that sound together... good to
1: you? That doesn't sound good to me.
0: How do you put together and create this movie already? Like mm-hmm. is, it says it's already, already made and sold? Like didn't Barbenheimer happen like in the summer?
1: Uh, I guess they move fast. <laughs> it was a hastily written script.
0: I'm guessing it's not that very good.
1: I'm guessing it's not that very good either. You know, it is good. Cynthia Jeffrey and her $10 super sticker jumping in. Thank you, Cynthia. Thank you, Wes, for contributing to the show. Um, do you want to go back or you wanted me to move forward? Because I screwed up. My bad. I'm sorry. Uh,
0: that's okay. Uh, I wanted to get to this. Um, let's. I'm going to go back and do the shipwreck story. Um, oh, okay. This is pretty cool. Tens of thousands of ancient coins um, have been discovered off the coast of Sardinia and may be the spoils of a shipwreck. Uh, Italy's culture uh, culture ministry said Saturday that the diver alerted authorities who sent uh, further divers assigned to an art protection squad. Art protection squad. Oh, I like that. Along with others from the ministry's (laughs) undersea archaeology department. I'm a member of the
1: art protection squad.
0: The coins dated from the first half of the 4th century and were found in seagrass, not far from the uh, northeast shore of the Mediterranean island. You know where that is. Oh, yeah. The ministry didn't say exactly when the first diver caught a glimpse of something metallic just off the coast of Sardinia. Um, but And exactly how many coins have been retrieved has not yet been determined as they're being sorted out. A ministry statement estimated that there are at least 30,000 coins and as many as 50,000. Let's take a look up close here. Um, mm. A ministry statement also estimated that there, uh, it, it may be anywhere between 30 and 50,000 given their collective weight. So they just have a ton of them, right? And uh, do they they're have going to turn these...
1: them in or do they get to keep them and sell them? Because uh, some places, if you find gonna... something, you have to turn it into the government or you get busted.
0: Yeah, this is their arch- Well, that's why they, they send in the archaeology team, right? Mm-hmm. The art protection squad to do, do, do Italy's culture <laughs> of ministry, obviously, uh, culture ministry is obviously going to take all these, and I'm sure they'll figure out what to do, put them in a museum or yeah. whatnot. All the coins were in excellent and rare uh, state of preservation. The few coins wow. that were damaged still had legible inscriptions, and they, it represents one of the most important coin discoveries in recent years, according to the uh, archaeology people in Sardinia. Look
1: at that. That's cool.
0: Yeah. say so like, like a they little piece this, of
1: history in your hand, you know? They
0: say that this is further evidence of the richness and importance of the archaeology a heritage that is in the seabed of our seas crossed by men and goods from the most ancient of epics or epochs uh still keep and preserve uh firefighter, what are you, firefighter, divers, yeah, <laughs> firefighter <laughs> divers and border patrol uh border patrol border police uh, uh divers i guess they, these are the people that sometimes they're not looking for migrants they're looking for coins they're also involved in locating and retrieving the coins so that's pretty cool and uh stay tuned to find out what happens i'm sure they'll end up in a museum
1: I got some more coins for you. Luis with $5 for here's what? five bucks for never running a cars for kids ad. A ca, a great cause, but the tune is very annoying. We One couldn't agree more. Seven, seven. And no, then there's like a the remix on TV. Don't do it because then it's in your head forever. Yeah. You, there's like
0: a remix that they did on TV no. and it has like a little more oomph. Like they brought in a, a band.
1: No. Luis, thank you for the $5. So appreciated. it. Um, okay. There are sea anemones now turning up that never used to be here in California. They are um, native to the Southern Hemisphere, and they're now in the Tomales Bay look at those guys. This is uh, an, it started with an internet post from a Monterey man about these tiny tentacled organisms in the mud flats right at the edge of Tomales Bay. And now it's kicking off new research into how this species that was in the southern hemisphere got so far north and whether it could have an effect on our local ecosystem here. Usually these uh, sea anemone are from Chile, New Zealand, and Australia. It's a brown sea Anemone called uh, Anthroplura hermaphroditica. And it appears to, n- thank you very much. It appears never to have been reported north of the equator. You've until never seen anything year. like this before. No, we hadn't until now. And here it is. They're pretty. Already, these tiny creatures can be found in very dense patches at several sites along middle reaches of the 15-mile-long inlet, right between Nick's Cove and the town of Marshall, Sonoma-Marin County area. Since last summer, there was a few high concentrations appearing. uh near Point Reyes National Seashore as well. The UC Davis Bodega Marine Lab uh, has people studying this newly arrived anemone. They said it's kind of funny. Uh, last year, they went to the west side. They hardly saw any. When again yesterday. They're all over the place. They are light brown with light colored mottling, a small brown sea anemone, as its name suggests, very small, about a centimeter across at full size. They have a disc-like mouth. The tentacles are visible at the water's edge. Uh, and they like to nestle in the mud. And they don't need different genders to reproduce. They're self-cloning. How, how progressive. Yes, they're self-cloning. They don't need a mating partner.
0: So they are they-them anemones?
1: They can proliferate quickly, this they-them, producing crowded areas of sea anemones among the rocks, the eelgrass, and the scattered seashells along Tamales Bay's rugged beaches. So, you know, it's too early to know what their presence is going to mean. Um, whether they can outcompete our native sea anemones in this area for food resources, uh, whether it would threaten biodiversity locally. Um, but they say there's no immediate cause for alarm, but we're looking into it. I don't know. You're telling me there's a new sea anemone that can clone itself that's here, and we're not worried? Okay. All right. <laughs> it's from outer space. So that <laughs> yeah. was in
0: Point uh, Reyes, or Point Reyes, if you just moved Tomales. to the Bay Area.
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about Lisa Lisa Kudrow. Yeah. A lot of Friends talk ever since the death of Matthew Perry. And Lisa Kudrow was asked, how was it really on the set of Friends? And she recalled some bad behavior. She recently was talking about um, uh, what was going on with Friends and was explaining the worst guest star behavior on Friends. She said that... Uh, And this is a resurfaced video. Yeah, so she didn't bring it up
0: in response to Matthew Perry dying.
1: No, no, no. She was asked if she she ever dealt with bad behavior when filming. And she told a story about how she rehearsed with makeup for most of a week. And then on show night, I'm in makeup. And she said, oh, wow, now you're effable. She said, I'd say that's pretty bad behavior. So Um, this was a
0: guest star... Uh, male it was a guest, guest star, star
1: on the show. Mm-hmm. Who said that One of her. the other guest stars asked, did you retaliate? And Kudrow said, I told Matt LeBlanc, he's like a big brother. Uh, um, and so I don't know if, if LeBlanc did anything. But just interesting how awful people can be.
0: Yeah, that's pretty lame. Yeah. Um, you know, also Martin Scorsese is defending Brendan Fraser's uh, Killers of the Flower Moon performance amid mixed reviews. Um, oh. Are you a fan?
1: i've liked him of him in general in i liked him in a lot of things he did when he was younger i yeah. didn't see the whale movie which was supposed to be his big comeback yeah and i heard he was really good in that he got an academy award for it right so yeah,
0: i wasn't really I, paying attention to movies at that point and the one you know he was like in a fat suit right
1: i think he had gained a lot of weight i don't know if well he that's why a i was confused or... because no
0: i think he actually was put into a fat suit Oh, and okay. and and so I was like, whoa, he really let himself go. And then and then I found out later, no, no, he was actually like in a fat suit. So now I'm confused. I well, to back he did he
1: did have some physical issues. I think he did gain oh, okay. a lot of weight and he lost it. And so now he's back. But I have liked things he's done in the past. Yeah,
0: yeah. so but he's back in the news now because people there's a controversy over whether or not he sucks in this new movie. Um, there's been a lot of criticism over his role in um, Martin Scorsese's latest film Killers of the Flower Moon which i think you guys have talked talked about last week the iconic Mm -hmm. filmmaker is making it clear that he has no qualms with the star's performance he uh he his role is as ws hamilton a dramatic attorney for robert de niro and leonardo dicaprio's characters and it's garnered mixed reviews but scorsese says that in his eyes the academy award winner was perfect in the part and great to work with uh we thought he'd be great for the lawyer and i admired his work over the years we had a really great time working together particularly with leo and in the scene where he says they're putting a noose around your neck. He's saving you, dumb boy. Um, Scorsese added, "We brought the whole scene down to Leo. It was perfect, and he had that girth. He's big in the frame. Um, uh, and at that time, he's a wonderful actor. Um, hmm. So I don't know. Well, that's he's nice to, to have to
1: Scorsese on your side. <coughs> yeah. So, kind of a bummer though to be singled out of the cast as like you Yeah. Suck. But apparently
0: on social media, a lot of fans on X, uh, uh, you know, they're praising his acting skills, but others are slamming his over-the-top delivery. So I haven't seen that movie yet, but. Um,
1: i want to yeah. see it too i heard it's really good um another movie out last weekend was priscilla and jacob elordi plays elvis in this movie and apparently he used diet to really get into the role some actors really kind of take on the persona of the person so I'm they're guessing playing this, even this photo off is, camera. Is,
0: this is pre pre-diet change uh or well post. i
1: he said he's really tall and it takes a lot but that he's Filming this movie, he was at the biggest he's ever been. It turns out that Elvis had a very decadent diet, and he used to eat bacon like it's going out of style. That's one way to say it. Elvis, Elvis really liked burnt bacon, and so uh, Sophia Coppola said. To Jacob Elordi, you really ate a lot of bacon. He Apparently, Elordi said he averaged eating a pound of bacon a day. Oh, that's gross. He said, it's not noticeable because I'm quite long, which I guess it means tall. But I was the biggest I've ever been, he said, when he was doing this. Um, The diet was heavy on comfort foods for a reason. Because Elvis, when he was growing up, was so poor that they'd live off peanut butter and banana sandwiches. So when he was more successful... Wait, I live off peanut
0: butter and banana sandwiches.
1: Oh, are you not? Oh, well, looks like we might need some more contributions. Uh, They said (laughs) that... They're good. Something yeah, there thing. was a whole documentary made about Elvis the food Elvis ate. And the his chef said he liked his food very, very rich. So Jacob Alordi trying to eat all these peanut butter and banana sandwiches and all this bacon and all this stuff. Uh I bet he's glad that movie is over. <laughs> he can stop doing that.
0: Yeah, that's not healthy. No. Um, you know what else is not healthy? Elon Musk. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> For our society. Elon is that Musk Rock? Yeah, has unveiled Grok, oh. an AI chatbot that you reported on earlier today, with mm-hmm. a rebellious streak. So the boss of X said this tech is being tested to in, and is inspired by Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Elon Musk has unveiled it. And uh, the CEO of Tesla, who warned last week that AI was one of the biggest threats to humanity, uh-huh, said the competitor to ChatGPT would be made available to premium subscribers. So it's okay. It's the end of the world. But as long as you're willing to pay for that premium subscription, we're on board that's musk's position apparently he also revealed that grok had access to user posts on x which he owns and has a penchant for sarcastic responses um so musk posted an apparent example of grok's playful tone with a screen grab of a query to the chatbot asking for step-by-step uh guides to making cocaine the four steps uh outlined in the reply include obtain a chemistry degree set up a (laughs) clandestine laboratory in a remote location However, the chatbot adds at the end. Just kidding! Please don't actually try to make cocaine. It's illegal, dangerous, and not something I would even encourage. And we probably just got demonetized again. Um, mm. So they say it's in early testing. It's not available to the general public, and ultimately, it would be released to subscribers uh, to yeah. X's top tier subscription service. They're really trying to make this subscription thing happen. It'll yeah. be interesting to see if they make money. I'm like they're, they're, sixteen they're like bucks a spa- month. They're like throwing spaghetti at the wall. They're like, "Will you pay now?"
1: Would you pay $16 a month to use AI? I'm not
0: paying $16 a month to Elon Musk for anything.
1: I'm not even paying $16 a month for Netflix, and I actually use that. So, no thanks.
0: (laughs) No, 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 no.
1: There's an ongoing debate in my house as to whether or not you should eat potatoes that are just starting to grow the little eyes out of the side. Oh, I thought you
0: were going to say whether or not you should eat potatoes, and if somebody's half Irish... no.
1: (laughs) (laughs) and so i saw this story is it safe to eat a potato that's turning green or sprouting eyes to put to get and to by eyes you mean these not
0: actual not actual eyes
1: yeah like little sprouts you know that's yeah, as not potatoes radioactive are potatoes wont to do I'm... and so here's the truth about potatoes with eyes they are still generally safe to eat as long as the sprouting isn't out of control little teeny tiny sprout that you can pick off or peel off or cut away you're good lots of sprouts Mm, no and some t- uh potatoes turn a little bit of green
0: right. and
1: that's not okay and sometimes they get a little wrinkly no then you so know it's going bad. Okay? no so the sprouts like, it's contain- like gonna
0: make you sick bad or just yeah like not gonna the taste sprouts
1: them? the sprouts and the green parts of the potato contain a toxin called solanine oh. which can cause an illness like a headache, vomiting, and other digestive symptoms. You don't want that. If large amounts of it are consumed, it can cause some serious symptoms. But if the sprouts are small and the potato is not soft or shriveled, the sprouts can be cut off and the potatoes can be eaten. But seeing green on potatoes indicates the formation of this toxin solanine, also found in the sprouts. If there are small green spots on a potato, they can be trimmed off, but if there are large green spots, it's recommended that you just discard the potato. All of this means to me that unless there's only like one little sprout, chuck it. It's done. Right? Yeah, and potatoes
0: aren't that expensive. They are going up in price. I think I just Mm. bought a 10-pound bag for like $6.99 at Costco. Yeah. My challenge is getting through a 10-pound bag. Harry! Harry! $5 super sticker.
1: Ha! I can make it home and work in time for the after party. Excellent. Party on, my friends. Thank you for the five bucks, Harry. So awesome. Thank you, Harry. Very cool. Um, speaking of partying, you have a story about what's better than sex and weed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is better than sex and weed? Um, my computer's going haywire, so maybe you can see. It says on that um message.
1: how about a new West Hollywood one-stop pleasure campus? Hmm. Yeah, that's really?
0: right. Uh <laughs> and let's see if I can get the photo loaded here and stand by here Is that
1: the Pleasure Campus? Yeah, so this is the one, pleasure one, one, of
0: the various, <laughs> one of the various rooms, so there's various rooms oh. here This is kind of like a lounge room here and Is that where uh, you smoke your weed? Or is that yeah, the sex yeah. room? This is where you, you, well, instead of staying at home and getting baked you can go here oh. So West Hollywood's goal of becoming the new Amsterdam moved one step closer to reality last month with the October 26th opening of Pleasure Med the tiny city's fourth legally licensed and third currently open cannabis consumption lounge. Wait, uh, I thought this...
1: that that Governor Gavin Newsom did vetoed that. We had a, we were supposed to be able to have the the pot lounges, but he said no. Right. I think
0: they're getting they're getting around it. So, oh, and we'll okay. get to that here. Yeah. This is uh this is a def, this is a new one that deftly navigates state and local regulations to make weed, booze, and grub seamlessly available to patrons under one roof, while technically two very close adjoining roofs against a stylish well-designed backdrop that's part speakeasy part greenhouse part cuban cigar bar and all fun with a sly dash of sexiness thrown in for good measure so mm. you can see that there's um this is like a patio area but then there's also like a restaurant which is uh not serving you know cannabis infused food but sure. just food um, is that where but- is that
1: the gluttony room room <laughs> of gluttony
0: so they're they're basically getting around the laws uh, by using adjoining oh. properties. And um, it's pretty, it sounds like it's intriguing. They're, they have a drink menu that offers con- up a, a con- concoctions such as porn star slush and spicy oh. like a sleepover. Not sure what that is. Mm-hmm. And the bathroom wallpaper which pattern, with patterns such as cheeky mushrooms and reclining nude card players. It's all a nod to the pleasure chest, uh, the sex t- toy emporium next door, which shares a oh. parking lot and an owner, Brian Robinson. Um, So on a recent visit shortly before they opened to the public Robinson said his original idea was to open a dispensary inside the existing adult boutique because what's better than sex and weed he said but then the long (laughs) vacant machine shop next door went up for auction and he expanded his vision to something more like a one stop vice shop what exactly does a (laughs) I I can't say that word Uh, remember that story about Bilbo (laughs) Beach. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, what, uh, what does a Bilbo dealer know about slinging the next <laughs> sticky icky? I asked Robinson, well that's not exactly, in those, not exactly in those terms, on a tour and he said he's billing it as a pleasure campus. When people go oh. to the pleasure chest for the first time, they're surprised it's not what they expected. They see people laughing and talking to their staff about anything. They don't feel the need to take a shower afterward. There's a, oh. a respect, a sense of encouraging people to go on their journey without shame. Um, I'm just trying to imagine Kim going into a place like this.
1: Yeah, probably not so much. No. No, no. No, no. It's not my jam. Okay, so last story, and I have a, we have to take a poll because I didn't know if this story is too much or not. And so I'll tell you that it's a story about tampons. And I'm gonna let you, the okay. viewer. it's gonna take a second. The, partier, to set up a poll. the so after partier. Uh, decide whether or not we should discuss a tampon story, right? Do you want to hear it? Or maybe on a Monday afternoon, it's a little much for you. Yeah, Sea Dog says it's all a little bit too much. So I'm going to let you decide. And you can vote in the chat. Do you want to hear the story? Or do you not want to hear the story? And you can let us know. Because I'm kind of, I was on the fence. Usually I say, if I'm on the fence then I just probably won't do it. But the story was interesting enough that I thought I'd let you guys decide whether or not you thought. So this is a story about a tampon that tests for sexually transmitted infections. All right. So (laughs) let's hear it. Knit one pro one says, let's hear it. Jim Lou says, bloody hell. (laughs) Thank you for that visual. Um, Yeah. Someone said, I think grow up. Um, yeah, it Harry might be a Florida thing. No, it better be good, says Kathleen. No, no, why? Says Mindy. Uh, science and tampons, Sea Dog. Yes, Deidre says it's a great idea. All right, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sensing you guys are more into it than I thought you would be. Yeah, the poll technology is right?
0: not working right now, so we'll just have to. Go okay, with that so I'm gonna poll.
1: go. I'm gonna go for yes. Okay. So this is a story about something, ladies, we don't mention very often, right? Tampons are being repurposed to screen for sexually transmitted infections with an at-home test aiming to encourage more women to seek treatment. Yes, the gynecological health startup, it's called Day D-A-Y-E. Out of the UK, they have launched this STI diagnostic tampon, which uses polymerase chain reactions. Like
0: something for like you get at your car dealership or something. We're going to do a diagnostic. Yeah, diagnostic. We're going to do a
1: diagnostic workup on vagina and bay number one.
0: You know? Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Well, they're checking for you put the tampon in, okay, and it checks for chlamydia, gonorrhea. Trichomonosis, mycoplasma, and urea plasma with a tampon used in place of a swab or a speculum. The aim of the screening kit is to speed up diagnosis and treatment, especially among groups of people who are anxious or embarrassed about going in and getting a test. And we know that there are more people now than ever getting tra- sexually transmitted diseases or infections, 24% increase in 2022 compared to 2021. That's from the UK Health. Uh, security agency. And women are statistically more at risk than men because of the physiology of the vagina. Can I say vagina? You okay with yes. vagina? We're going to do that too. As long as We're going to say structural. tampon and vagina. I'm just going to get demonetized all over the place. Um, they're redefining STI testing, allowing women to take control of their sexual health in what they say is a non-invasive way in the comfort of their own home. So after you put it in, then you send it to a lab for testing. The results return to you within five working days. And the applicator apparently allows the user to reach their cervix without a speculum. That's a little bit more invasive than I would have thought. Anyway, this technology is coming. And so perhaps the way of testing for STDs or STIs in the future will be an at home little tampon test. There you go. So
0: we're going to do a, a, You're welcome. a post mortem no poll problem. of w- whether or not your story <laughs> went too far. So the poll, okay uh, yeah. did, did Kim's star- story go too far? Uh, yes or no. So that's that's up and running.
1: Hmm. Okay, well, we'll see how it goes. Uh, the villages need these, says Pauline. Yes, the villages do need those.
0: Um, uh, let's see. have a fantastic uh, we have this other story. idea,
1: says SJ Lola. Yes, so I think this is good. It's all right.
0: Okay, while we let that poll run for a second, yeah. we'll go to another story. I'm not going to even ask you if this is going too far. <laughs> it's true. People do poop a lot in rides at Disneyland and Disney World. It sounds too disgusting, maybe a little less disgusting or more disgusting than the last story. Too outlandish to be real. A Disneyland urban legend of gross out variety that people are dropping trow what? and pooping where they stand in line for rides. But unfortunately, no. for the weak stomached, this rumor is absolutely real. Twice no. in the last month, posters on the Disney World subreddit commented in fury and horror about the cursed things that they said they've seen while waiting in line. I'm in queue for Rise of the Resistance. Someone just let their kid take a dump on the floor. And then they just walked out and left it. WTF? I
1: can't believe that. That's awful.
0: That fecal sighting was supported almost in real time by a commenter who said that they worked at the attraction. For the skeptics, this actually happened. Fun fact, this was one of the three S-related incidents on Rise today. Less fun fact, I was here for all three of them. Oh, Uh, no! On another thread, a commenter bemoaned the park or the behavior of park guests at the wildly popular attraction Flight of the Passage. Bodily fluids no longer bother me after working at Disney. Let's just say that this (laughs) attraction I work at has what the cast ended up dubbing the poop hall because of the amount of times guests have gone in there and gone to the bathroom. We even put up a camera and it didn't stop. Good oh, lord, no. it's the poop hallway, another commenter responded, adding uh, from a former flight uh, uh, this, uh, flight CM, this absolutely gives me war flashbacks. I dealt with way too many bodily fluids at that dang attraction. Two former Disneyland custodial team workers have also written about the unsavory topic in their book. Get this, there's a book, Kim. Cleaning the Kingdom, Insider Tales of Keeping Walt's Dreams Spotless. Uh, no. In the chapter titled Disgusting Things, Former Cast Members, as employees are referred to. Uh, reveal that there's even a name for such happenings. It's called Human Code H. So you're welcome.
1: <laughs> Eric says, well, if you're waiting three hours in line, you're not going to lose your place. So come on. Liz thinks your story is a little over the top. Uh, so I, I'm not
0: running a poll on that one. You're I welcome. think
1: if you have a poop haul and you know it's a problem, <laughs> that's a perfect place to put a hey, public Hey, I'm restaurant. just
0: reporting the news this is new. Nice. i'm just you saying know. that's a so perfect spot and uh the audience agreed with you was kim's story too much no 89 percent. okay yes was only 11 percent. and the poll has now ended
1: oh okay <laughs> so well there you go thank you for your support i hate to end it on a gross note but that was funny in, though it was pretty funny it's pretty shocking actually
0: yeah i would well, never but i think Ugh. it's a dose of reality And anybody who works in service industry knows that the public doesn't know what's going on in most circumstances.
1: Lose your place in line. Come on. (laughs) We will do this again tomorrow afternoon. Thanks for hanging out with us on the After Party Live humongous thanks to Wes who started us off with a $5 super sticker to Cynthia with a $10 super sticker. Thank you for your support, Cynthia. Louis slapped down $5 for never running the cars for kids ad. And then we had a Harry with $5 who made it home in time for the after party. Thank you guys for your support. And thank you, and Ricky we will do F, it tomorrow. Kim and
0: Lori F. Yes. Karen K. Michael A. Douglas K. Jim S. Have a great afternoon, Kim and Bye. all. Bye. See you guys. The After Party Live would like to thank the following contributors and viewers like you.